Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod will play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. So, Nave, this episode's a bit different than our other episodes because we didn't play a single co-op game for this episode. Can you believe it? Yeah, we had a lot on our plates. We had a lot of... uh family stuff to do Mm, yes but luckily we've got something interesting uh in the in the barrel (laughs) is it is that is that a saying yep interesting things in the barrel as they say (laughs) in the barrel of the gun to be fired interesting gun barrels what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a mishmash of smaller games that are focused on cooperative experiences that probably aren't going to be justifiable in a full-length episode so i'm gonna have a couple puzzle games a couple tower defense games stuff like that some interesting things that caught our eye things that we've played in the past things that we've played together it doesn't have to be with each other yeah there's a lot of games we've played over our gaming careers if we put it that way and a lot of them wouldn't make a full episode there's i mean you can talk about anything for an hour and a half if you really wanted to Would you want to listen to it? Probably not. But some of these games really kind of caught our eye, and we think it would be worth talking about. So before we get into the games, though, Nave, uh, you actually have some interesting news in the barrel that you'd like to share, right? Uh, Yeah, after months of trying, I actually got my Xbox Series X finally in the mail, and... It's a phenomenal console. I think everybody knows that these next-gen consoles with the solid-state drives... The loading times are basically non-existent in some games. Like like an update, I went back and played Outriders, and the game is just a completely different experience with no loading times. Like there's almost nothing to complain about at that point. Yeah, I bet. You are just going from zone to zone in just moments. I'm playing Mass Effect One, and the zones are just instant. You, you, there's not even a loading screen anymore. It almost makes me just want to go back and forth between zones just to stare at the at how quickly it's going it's like the future's here that's crazy you were complaining earlier about how you didn't have any time to take a drink or anything because you're already moving to the next thing yeah it's like i've it's like how long has it been since i've had an hour straight of gaming with nothing in between at all because i would never notice that i wasn't looking at my phone until i was just getting fatigued like Gamer actually fatigue? worn out Oh. <laughs> well, you know, also, loading screens. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I was gonna kick it forward. I was gonna okay. go on. Well, so. I'm gonna kick it back. You know, <laughs> loading screens—they're kind of a big deal. Like, uh, do you remember back when we were playing League way back when? Maybe what was it like six years ago or something? Those loading screens were so brutal. Like, it would be—I don't know—it felt like five to ten minutes of loading screen to me. The good thing about the loading screens in League of Legends is that it gave you a lot of time to do to do like recon on the enemy team because there are websites. Yeah, you would literally like look up the enemy's like gamer tags and be like, "All right, this guy plays nothing but Blitzcrank, so we got to look out for him. He might have some grabbing skills." 
But now there is a lot faster. It's a lot faster now. Okay, Nave, you can now kick it forward, as you were saying. When I got the Xbox, I had to get it with a bundle, and it came with the Elite controller, the Elite 2.0. I was in the camp of there's probably no reason why a controller should cost $170. But now that I have this thing in my hands and I've been playing with it for over the weekend, I can't touch my other controllers. It feels so awful. It feels like walking outside in your boxers now. Like, even just the heftiness. It's so heavy. It feels like an expensive piece of tech rather than a little plastic controller in your hands. On the back of the controller, there are little knobs to set the triggers. So you can set it to where they push all the way in, or you can set it all like to where they barely move. So you just Ooh. tap the trigger barely, and your guy starts shooting. And I've gotten so used to it, so much in fact that I accidentally grabbed the controller that came with the Series X. And the first time I shot, I thought the controller was broken because I'd gotten so used to the trigger. Like, like I had forgotten to charge the Elite controller. So I was like, I'm going to let it charge for a little bit. And this is only after one day of using it? <laughs> it feels so weird. Well, it's been, yeah, I, like I said, it's been over the weekend. I basically played the last quarter of Mass Effect with the Elite controller and the first little beginning of Mass Effect 2. And it's unreal. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't even know. It's hard to describe because it's such a luxury piece of equipment. But uh, it's hard to play with the other controllers now. But Well, I feel like this bleeds right into our uh, games we've been playing. So you're saying you were playing Mass Effect? Oh, yeah, man. I am no lifing that game. I'm probably just going, uh, before I can do anything else, I've, I'm probably just going to beat the whole series. I found a way to cheese the achievements uh, for the insanity difficulty, so I went back and did that before I started Mass Effect 2. But the funny thing is, is that there's an achievement across all the games to get like 2,000 kills. And when I went from Mass Effect 2 back to Mass Effect 1, it reset my kill count. So I oh, felt no. justified. I had like, I had like 500 kills. It resets my kill count. So now I'm like, well, now I'm definitely... I was just going to do it for that one game and then play Mass Effect 2 on Insanity. But now I'm cheesing this fucking thing and I'm getting all three achievements on the Mass Effect 1. Yeah, that'll show them. It's basically just reloading the last boss fight with... Like, I think it's like you just... You make a new game plus with your same character and start it on Insanity. And then you just reload the last boss fight. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that and makes change sense. it to insanity, and the and it just ch- it uh manipulates the RAM or something so that the game still thinks you're in a fresh game in that one singular game. Yeah, yeah. Mass Effect Two is amazing. I mean, everybody and their dog knows that Mass Effect's an awesome series, and that really, if you aren't playing the game and you are on the fence about it at this point. There's no better time to start playing with this re-release of the collection. Yeah, the Legendary Edition, or Legendary Collection. And again, playing it on the Series X, the frame rate is just locked at 60. Everything's so buttery smooth. Whenever I first started playing, after coming off of the Xbox One, it, I, my eyes were watering, staring at the screen, because everything was so fast. It was just so much information going into my eyes. Oh, it's so good. Now to check it out. Because, like, I've just been playing um, Mass Effect on PC, like the classic versions. And 
they age up pretty well, but you know some of the textures look a little rough these days. So Philip, it says on here you're playing the the same games. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like I'm finding it hard to sit down and actually play some console games, so I just keep playing um, old Dragon Ball Legends. They have their third anniversary right now. They just put out Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta for the first time. Uh, you know him, <laughs> you little little furry red-haired boy. I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a fusion of Goku and Vegeta. Yes, but they didn't just put out Gogeta. They also put out Vegito, uh, Super Saiyan God Blue form. And that is Vegeta and whose name ends with Piccolo? Okay, I don't know what you're getting here. It's simple. Vegito. Vegito is Vegeta fused Piccolo. with Goku. No, Goku. And Gogeta is Goku fused with v- Vegeta. Huh. The the method though is how they're mixed. Because <laughs> if you remember from Z, I don't know how often you watch through Z, but I just rewatched through it about a year ago with Jana. But like there's two different kinds of fusions. You got the fusion ha dance, you know, classic. But mm. then you also have the Potara earrings, where they like, you know, pelvic thrust into each other and transform. And so I there's don't know two I... different fusions. Is that in Z? Uh, yes, it is. I don't remember that. That's weird. I remember in a Z, lot. I don't know. <laughs> I I think they just yeah Z. They only do the earrings unless you watch the movies, which were non-canon. Whereas, like with Trunks and Goten, they do the fusion dance. Yeah, I remember Gotenks. Yeah, Gotenks. So yeah, they put out the fusions. And they're pretty baller units. Yeah, so I've been playing that, and I just picked up uh, the Pokemon TCG online game, where I'm playing the Pokemon card game online, which I got this Charizard deck, and I'm just, like, ripping these fools apart. If you don't know, some card games definitely suffer from some power creep, and Pokemon is one of the worst ones I've seen. Power creep is absolutely absurd in Magic in the Eternal formats. Is it? It's unbelievable like there's this card here we go there's this card called hall breacher here we go magic talk that is there was a meme just sent to me recently hold on give me three seconds was i the one that sent it no 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 look i'm just gonna point it at the fucking camera look at that okay i'm looking all right what it says is he's like holy shit how'd you get so strong and the guy says every time somebody casts hall breacher i do one push-up and he's super strong. This whole breacher is a card. The whole breacher is just a card that just recently came out. It's it's it has flash. Okay. Uh, I don't. You might have to cut all this out. It has flash, <laughs> and it says when an opponent would draw a card, if that card wasn't the first card they drew this turn, instead you create a treasure token. Mm-hmm. So it just turns off all card draw, which is pretty popular, and it gives it just ramps you a whole bunch. Yeah. So. It's such a bad card. It's so annoying. It's so frustrating. And I run it in all my blue decks. <laughs> because it's so good. If you don't, you're just a bad player, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta... I mean, they're like $40, $40 I think, now. I don't know. You gotta fucking do it. Like, every red deck has fucking Dockside Extortionist, and every black deck has a... Uh... Well, no, they're not running. Anyways, it's... 
power creep, man. You're playing well, Magic too. Yeah, I am. But to bring it back to Pokemon, like they just put out, um, like they have their ranked modes, which they have, like the unlimited mode, which is all the cards. Which don't play that; it's bad. Only like if you don't have all the cards, you're gonna get slapped around. But then they have the limited theme deck ranked mode, where you can only play with pre-made decks from the game, which you buy with in-game currency. So I was like, oh, I, I have all these tokens. I'll just buy a new Charizard deck. I buy the new Charizard deck. It's just slapping around all of the older decks that are from like black and white. And I think I'm trying to remember what the other ones uh, or it'd be like plasma edition or whatever. All these older sets that had these theme decks that are still in the game and you can still play them, but they are so bad compared to the new decks. Yeah. Pokemon cards, just from what I see at my local game store, they're just so different than the old Pokemon cards that I have. Like, I have a bunch of, from, like, Gen 1 all the way up to the second Gen of the card. Like, I don't have a bunch of them. I sold mm-hmm. most of the ones that are worth a damn. They're completely... They're like baby cards compared oh, yeah. to the cards that are printed now. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! has the same problem, where if you pl- if you tr- if you go into a tournament and try to play ye old Yu-Gi-Oh!, you're going to get fucking slapped to the ground. Oh yeah, and which isn't the case in Magic. In Magic, most of the mo, a lot of the most powerful cards are from the first couple of sets before they knew what was absolutely broken and what wasn't. And a lot of those things are like banned in like Commander, so I never experienced those things happening. But even then, there are some really ridiculous cards. Like there's a new set coming out called Modern Horizons Two that. Modern is so there's vintage is just all of magic and modern is all of magic from the new card border up. You know how the old cards look a lot different? Yeah. Well, Modern Horizons is reprinting a bunch of cards that are old into modern so that modern can play those cards too. I don't know where I'm going. Oh, okay. Some of the most ridiculous cards in enchantment decks are getting reprinted into modern. Everyone is just like, oh, shit. Here we go. This is going to be ridiculous. Like, there's a card called Solitary Confinement that says, it says, skip your draw step, but you can't be targeted anymore and you can no longer lose life. So you have cards on the field that say, when you play an enchantment, draw a card. If you have like three of those, you play one enchantment, draw three cards. Play one enchantment, draw three cards. And you and if those enchantments are anything like a sphere of safety that says when an opponent attacks you, when a creature attacks you, for each creature they have to pay X, where X is the amount of enchantments yeah. you have. And so you have eight of them. <laughs> they have to pay eight for each creature that attacks you, but you can't even take damage anymore. So you're like, where am I even going with this? Power creep is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're bringing it back. So that's how that's card game talk. Now that we're done with card <laughs> game ta- card game talk. Uh, card game I got a, corner. Yeah, card game corner. We're leaving card game corner. And I actually have a bit of a story. So, Nave, have you ever door dashed before? No. Well, I mean, some of the restaurants around here are delivering through DoorDash, but mm-hmm. it's I'm not using DoorDash. No, I mean as a as a driver. No. Okay, so over the weekend, I became a DoorDash driver because I'm trying to make some of that side cash. Maybe I'll get my own Series X. 
I can earn a little bit more cha-ching. <laughs> and this is just a shout out for anyone using DoorDash. You should tip more than $1 because basically here's how it works. Depending on your area, DoorDash will pay the driver $3 base. That's it. So it'll be $3. I can go and pick up somebody's McDonald's and I'll drop it off at their house like five miles away. No big deal. Okay, well, you know, gas is almost like $3 now for a gallon. <laughs> so it's getting a little close. I'm not saying I'm burning a whole gallon of gas in that one trip, but it's a little too close for comfort. So if you can't afford to tip more than $1, because that's just it, is DoorDash pops up on the screen and it recommends, hey, they're driving five miles for this. It's recommended you tip, and then it'll say, like, pay what you want, $5, $7, $10. It'll be like three buttons. And then down the bottom, there's the three little dots. And you click on that and you're like, pay what I want. And it's like $1, you know, and that's what seems to be. And like, I didn't even know that was an option. When me and Jana have used DoorDash before, we always just like pick one of those three options because we didn't even know you could like change it or whatever. And they're like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. We're like, and that was where we live on base. So they can't even deliver to our house. We're meeting them halfway at the front gate and we're still tipping above like the one dollar or whatever. But I was so annoyed because we live by the ocean. So there is a whole resort area out on an island. And I had been dashing for about I think five hours in one day. And I was doing really good. Like I was making some good money. And they were like, hey, you know, you just gotta deliver like it's your last order, just deliver this pizza. And I'm like, cool, I'll deliver this pizza. I didn't notice that it was a delivery to the island. And I'm like, oh no. The island has one bridge on it, and like one bridge on and one bridge off the other side. And so I'm like, here's where, here's where we go. And I spent maybe 40 minutes to an hour, I think, in traffic to go across this bridge <laughs> to deliver a pizza for $5. I spent 40 minutes to earn $5, <laughs> whereas I had already earned, I think, $60 in the rest of the day, where I was getting about maybe 10 to $11 an hour. So like I did, I think 11 orders in five hours and I spent 40 hours. I was so mad because I'll give it to DoorDash. They did give me more, but the pizza guy, he only gave me like a $2 tip from traveling all the way from CC's pizza, like four miles away on the <laughs> not island. Not even good pizza. <laughs> not even good pizza. That was the other thing was, um, have you watched food theory? no is that a youtube channel yeah it's it's a spinoff of game theory where they talk about food and they talk about these ghost kitchens where they'll say like oh i'm ordering from wings 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 i want my hot wings and it's like okay well wings 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 isn't an actual restaurant sir they're like yeah but it's online it's a website or, or it's a you know restaurant and you're like cool i'm gonna deliver this guy's wings 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 and i'm like i don't know where this place is and it's like chilies and i'm like what it's like, go to Chili's. I go to Chili's. They give me a bag that says wings, wings, wings on it. And they made it in Chili's. And it was made by Chili's chefs. But it's branded as wings, wings, wings. And then I go and I deliver this fuck? guy. I know. That's just it. There's these ghost kitchens. And so for the pizza delivery, I wasn't delivering as CeCe's Pizza or DoorDash. I was delivering as a slice driver. Whatever slice is. I don't know it's some pizza app or some online pizza store. I don't know if they knew they were getting CC's Pizza or if they were just getting, um, like, I don't know. They thought it was something else, but 
it's wild out there. There's businesses that aren't real and they're selling wings, wings, wings. It just doesn't <laughs> make sense. Well, this has been um, uh, Wings Talk. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of tangential content going yeah, on in this episode. spinning out here. So do you want me to start on this one? Actually, you know, I think we should take a break here. And we're back. So, Nave, I'll start out this one. The first game I bring the show to you, my co-op partner, is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Have you played these games? Um, when I first bought my Nintendo Switch, this was one of the first games I got with it, and I think I played it for about 45 minutes, and I realized that it was the Pokemon Go controls, mm-hmm. and... I think we were still playing Pokemon Go. So I was like, oh, I don't I don't want to do this if I'm doing that. And I forgot, honestly, that I owned it still. It's probably back there on that. You can't see it. It's probably back yeah. there on that little disc thing. Well, did you ever play co-op? No, I didn't know it was co-op at all. The whole game, 100% is co-op. Sounds awesome, right? That sounds like there's probably something wrong with it. Yes. I'm glad you ran into that situation. (laughs) Okay, for one, it is cool that it's co-op, but here's the problem. It has the Fable 2 idea of co-op, where you have your main person, of course, and anybody can drop in at any time and help them out. The problem is, the game does not account for this help out. So, you join in, and you can control an extra Pokemon in each battle. So it turns into a double battle, except for the enemy. The enemy is still in single battle rules. What? I know. So, like, double battles, I love it. Like, I don't know if you've played um, Pokemon Showdown online, the, like, kind of HTML Flash version. Oh, uh-huh. it's so good. We'll have to play it sometime. But it's just the Pokemon combat system ripped out where you can play unlimited, pretty much, with, like, randomized teams. Always do random doubles. Because it gives you a random team, and you go doubles against another person, but all the teams are balanced levels. So you'll have like, oh, you can have a Zapdos on your team, but he's going to be level 55. But you also might end up with a Wooper on your team that's (laughs) level 79. So their (laughs) stat points are balanced, so you can use any Pokemon. Because that was always the problem with Pokemon, is they were like, oh, we'll make them all level 50 in Pokemon Stadium, but their stat points are completely all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. but bringing back to Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, they do not account for that at all. The game was already very easy. It was almost like simplified down from Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Red, which it's supposed to be a remake of. Because just with the typings, having like Dark type that actually beat Psychic, like any walls you might have hit in the game are no longer a problem. Combined with also wild Pokemon don't attack you. You can just run from every wild Pokemon if you wanted to, because it's all Pokemon Go, throw the Pokeball at them. The only thing you have to worry about is fighting enemy trainers. And you can now slap the crap out of them, because it's a two-on-one fight every time. It makes the whole game completely trivial. Um, there is zero challenge at this point. But this is a great way to farm, because when you go into the Pokemon Go screen, you and the other person are both throwing Pokeballs at the same time. And if you core, like synchronize your throws, you can get like special bonuses and you get 
more Pokemon candies, which you can feed to your Pokemon. Which Pokemon candies, like they've always had rare candies for leveling them up. But in this game, Pokemon candies, when fed to them, just completely raise their base stats to god levels. There's almost no cap until they hit like 500 points. And it's not even like, oh, if I upgrade his speed, then I can't upgrade how strong he is. Nope, you can upgrade them all. So you can have one Pokemon that is super crazy busted because none of the enemy Pokemon have these bonuses. So you can have just a really crazy Wooper. I don't think Wooper's in that generation, but... He is not. He is second gen. <laughs> just but bouncing around. They took what would be a cool opportunity of being like, yeah, let's play Pokemon doubles through all of Pokemon yellow version. Like, that sounds so cool. But no, the only double fights are when you fight Jesse and James in the whole game. Or, like, I think every once in a while you'll bump into, like, the couple or whatever type trainers. But if you ran into the double fighters, you even if you weren't in co-op, you'd yeah, it would be a double, double. Fight, right? Yeah. So you're just a gang running around menacingly oh, yeah. beating you're up You're breaking people. all the rules. You know those parts in like the Yu-Gi-Oh anime where all of a sudden he would just play a card where it couldn't be played and stuff like that? Yeah, there's a whole YouTube video series about it. Everything wrong with Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it goes by seasons. So it's pretty. It's pretty funny. They spend a lot of time cheating. In those they're like, shows. they're like, this card doesn't exist. This is just a JPEG of the moon. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it is. It is just a JPEG of the moon. There's like, like this card transform and stuff. Yeah. But they're like, they're like the the what is it the Grand Labyrinth or something card actually put a labyrinth on the battlefield that they yeah, had they to fight around. Moving. He's like, turn left, and it's like. <laughs> No point in the card game has this ever happened. <laughs> it's like it's just a bad card with a high defense <laughs> or something. Yeah. But I, like, I played it with um, my daughter. Uh, she's eight. And so she actually was kind of having problems with the game. Uh, she was playing through. But it was more like she didn't, I don't know, kind of understand how it was intended to be played. Because in the game, you level up by catching wild Pokemon. But she was like, oh, it's just the Pokemon Go controls. I don't care about this. I can't be bothered. And so she would just run from every fight until she got to the next Pokemon trainer, where her Pokemons were completely underleveled, so they would slap the crap out of her. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, Dad, play with me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. We double battle, and we're able to beat a fight she shouldn't be able to beat at that point. Mostly because, like, oh, she has an Oddish, and I'm player two, so I'm playing as Oddish while she plays as Pikachu. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually using the status abilities, and I'm putting the enemy to sleep. So she's electrocuting the crap out of whatever we're fighting, while I'm repeatedly just putting it to sleep, cheesing the game, where we're able to punch way above our weight. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go to work, or I need to go do, I need to make dinner, or something like that. And she's like, okay. She's then playing by herself, and she just starts getting slapped around because all of a sudden she's doing single battles by herself, and her Pokemon are completely not strong enough. Like I don't know, I don't know where they got the idea to design a co-op mode like that. It's just so weird. Yeah, you would think there would be some kind of drawback. I guess the drawback is if you're playing with a kid, they don't understand why they're losing in single player. Yeah, it's it's rough. Anyways, that's all I have to say about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if I know which one I got, to be honest. I assume I got Pikachu? I got I mean, Pikachu. I had to have. I don't give a fuck about Eevee. 
Anyway, I mean, you can catch either Pokemon in the game. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, isn't isn't Eevee like a crazy rare Pokemon in the first in in Yellow? No, they give it to you. Like it's a one of the gift Pokemon when you go to Bill's house, and Bill's like, "I've been turned into a Pokemon," and you're like, "Oh my god, a talking Pokemon!" The is that the only one, or can you just pick them up? Like, I mean, can you just catch them? I'm not sure, actually. I know you can catch them in like red and blue. I don't. It's man, you we're going into fucking toddler. We're going into toddler town. Yeah, having to reach back. Oh, dude, wait a minute. I just unlocked a memory in my head and pull it out. So I used to have you. There was a Pokemon, a Game Boy Color that had Pikachu on it. It was a yellow Game Boy Color, like Pokemon theme that came. I think it came with Pokemon yellow pikachu pokemon game dude i'm fucking old man i'm old You're man dying out there <laughs> i'm dying <laughs> tell um, me more about the pokemon <laughs> but dude i was i'm trying to remember this vividly it's like i had this game boy and i was i'm a man i have a dick so i'm standing over this fucking toilet taking a piss and i'm playing my pokemon and i dropped it in the toilet and i was what? devastated dude <laughs> I, for some reason, I just my hands stopped, and I the I remember the Game Boy just tumbling into the fucking water, and I remember screaming for my mom, trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old were you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh and I was my just, god! Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my my Pokemon. I got, I also just unlocked a memory. I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever like I was a young lad. And like I think I had one of my babysitters come over. He also had Pokemon. He's like, "Oh, I'll trade you these super strong Pokemon." And I'm like, "So cool, dude!" Because he was like 16 <laughs> or something, and I was like eight. And I'm like, "Give me them sweet Pokemon." So he gives me like a level 60 Gengar whenever I still haven't beat Brock yet or something like that. <laughs> and so of course Gengar doesn't listen to you whenever you get traded a stronger Pokemon. But I remember like fighting like Vile Plumes or about like Oddish, the little poison boy. And I go in there. I'm like, all right, I got to fight him. Gengar, you're so cool. Go get him. And Gengar is like not listening. And I'm like, what? And then it's like, and he goes, sleep powder. And I'm like, what? I you know, sleep powder. And I'm like, wake up, wake up. He's not waking up. Or he wakes up and then he's not listening again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Gengar, you're going to die out there. And Gengar's <laughs> just getting chipped down. And I'm like, almost in tears at this point. I'm like, Gengar's going to die. I'm like, I need help. So I'm like, mom, I need you to help me with this. And I go to my mom, which my mom listens to this, listens to our podcast. Hey, mama, shout out to you out there. So I go to my mom, who's like taking a bath right now or something like that. And so I'm like, mom, you have to help me beat this and she's like i don't know what the heck i'm looking at here <laughs> looking at your pokemons and i'm like gengar keeps falling asleep and he's not listening <laughs> to me and i'm getting so mad and sad i'm crying and she's like i'll try to help and so i don't know if she's like pressed a repeatedly or what, <laughs> but eventually we knocked out the oddish and i'm like thanks mama because this is back when ghost pokemon were terrible and he only knew like lick like Sleep Ray, um, I don't know what else, but it was like all terrible moves because there was no good ghost moves at the time. God damn it, children are so stupid. Yeah, I was I was a real <laughs> dummy. Well, speaking of children, uh, the game I put down 
is Dungeon Defenders. I swear that that's a real segue because in Dungeon Defenders, the first one you played as little children. So okay, okay, yeah, I think it's a real segue. I promise. Yeah, sagging it. All right, so Dungeon Defenders is a third-person tower defense game, and as far as I can remember, it's one of the first games of its type in the exact way that it does it. So it's kind of like a third-person action RPG where you have you're manipulating your character, you're using abilities, you can use your right trigger to attack, you to help fight off the waves, but it is a tower defense game at heart. The enemies come in waves. They come out of these doors and you have to defend a crystal. They're all trying to come and kill it. So you can put towers, you can put little shields, you could put these staves that shoot fire out of them or like giant crossbows. You can put all kinds of crap out depending on what your character class is. And as you're playing, you're getting equipment and you're leveling your character up. And this is four player. So and it's I think it's drop in, drop out multiplayer as well. So do you actually remember this game? Because it was a while back when we played it. Yeah, like I remember I was actually kinda in tower defense games at the moment because I was playing um orcs must die and that game those two games came out like um, at a similar time frame i think i remember yeah i think i was just putting a lot of time to orcs must die and you were like hey you know come play dungeon defenders and i'm like the ripoff game <laughs> well no it's actually better than orcs must die that reminds me but uh, too bad i was over there drinking rc cola whenever you're like have a coke i yeah that i don't i wonder which one came first because orcs must die i forgot about that game it was was also a tower defense game in third person, like an action RPG. Yeah. So there must have been games before Dungeon Defenders, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure this is a genre that's like low key been existing for a while. Because I the 3D I, tower defense action game. Yeah, because I feel like I was very familiar with tower defense games in general, but oh oh, I got you. You know what it is? What? It all comes back. It's a StarCraft mod, or World of Warcraft mod. Not World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Just regular Warcraft. Like Warcraft 3? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, old War. Yeah, there was tower defense levels in Warcraft. And they were 3D-based with hero units that you'd move around. This is just the evolution of... Why do we, we keep coming back to Warcraft? It's always you know? a mod. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. You're I'm, now I'm thinking... I'm, not, I'm trying to even remember what I was talking about. I think I was just describing Dungeon... I think I'm pretty much done. Dungeon Defenders was pretty fun. Well, yeah, but or what are the co-op aspects? Um, It's really just the same. Like, you can play the game solo. If you... if The, the game is just... If, if you have co-op, there's... It's just exponentially more enemies that spawn. So the more people that you have in your game, the harder the levels are, but the more outrageous your defenses get. And... In order to put a cap on that, each level has its own, well, liter- it's a hard cap uh, called defense points. So each different tower unit costs so many of your defense points. So if you have 100, you, you can only, if you have 100 and you have a thing that costs 5, then you can only put 20 of those things out on the field. That's right, right? Yeah. That's the math. You can only put so many. Yeah, quick math. You can only do so much. Your characters do level up together, and you can play with different characters. You can swap out the characters in between waves and stuff like that to put do- your own defenses down. It almost de-incentivizes the co-op aspect in the end game. In the beginning, you 
pretty much need to be attacking the enemies constantly, but in the end game, you're almost you're just setting the controller down at the beginning of every wave, just letting the defenses yeah. take care of themselves. Dungeon Defenders has a couple of sequels. I think the direct sequel, Dungeon Defenders 2, might have been a free-to-play game. And there's another one called Dungeon Defenders Awakened, I think, that is a lot more recent. And I bought it just in case we wanted to do an episode for the podcast. And the more I played it, the less sure I was, because it seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of jankiness in the game that I don't think we would be able to get over. We we probably would not play this game to completion. We would get bored at some point. Dang, that's hard. And we played through Outriders. <laughs> so what is the next game on the list? Oh, this one I thought we could hit together. Since we are um, slowly turning into Magic the Gathering, the podcast, it's uh, Magic the Gathering, just Two-Headed Giant, which is a popular game mode in pretty much every Magic video game. I assume it's not that popular compared to uh, what was it called? The Commander. big one? Yeah, Commander. Um, Two-Headed Giant is pretty popular in Paper Magic. Every time there's a pre-release event, in my area at least, it is a weekend-long event where there are tournaments happening every like three or four hours. And every Sunday, it's like a ritual at this point where the last tournament of the pre-release events is a Two-Headed Giant tournament. And usually those are very fun. Really? Those are the ones I like to participate in most. And those are usually ones that I can edge in a win, try and get myself into like the the top two or the top four to get the good prizes. Nice. Well, we didn't really explain what two-headed giant exactly is. So in like traditional magic, each player has was a 20 health and you just kind of bash it out until you either make the other opponent run out of health or they draw all their cards or there's other like weird win conditions. But those are the two big ones. Whereas in two at a giant, uh, does it raise your health to thirty? Then it usually usually or your is health it, is at thirty. Yeah, thirty, and you actually share health with another player at the table. Yeah, you are both one entity essentially. You take your turns together. Yeah, you go to through each heads. phase together. You can look at each other's hands and consult with each other. It's pretty fun because you can do two very different strategies. And you can find different ways to synergize with each other. Like, even not getting deep into the mechanics of Magic the Gathering, you can explain, like, my deck is fast and cheap. And then so I can go, oh, okay, you're fast and cheap. Well, I'll. how about I play kill spells? Does that sound good? And you go, yeah, yeah, sure. So my deck is kill spells, the deck. And then your deck is little goblin boys, the deck. And we try and figure out how we compete against other people. And that's not going to be a good archetype, those two. You need more stability. It, you won't have a deck that's just kill spells anyway, but yeah, uh, that's one thing. You or you can just have a deck that focuses on ramping, while the other one is just like defensive in the early game. Mm-hmm. Control is very good. Um, and two-headed giant, both decks want to be a little controlly usually. If one person's only controlled, then it the whole team suffers usually because you're you're having to fight two people instead of just one with your counter magic. Mm-hmm. Trying to, because at that point, once they realize, oh shit, Austin's playing control, I'm just going to bait out spells now. Like, just I'm going to toss this out. Hopefully, he counterspells that so that my friend can ca- cast his spell that is way better. And then the counterspell player has to think, like, ooh, do I destroy that thing first or do I wait just in case this guy over here plays something amazing? And if this guy just plays a rampant growth, I can't think of anything in standard right now. If he plays just a ramp spell, he just gets <laughs> more lands. I'm like, oh fuck, I should have stopped that thing 
so stop the first thing. I'm stupid. And we're we're edging back into commander territory, but because uh, that's what I'm most familiar with. Yeah, two headed giant in the video games as they're as we're probably pertaining to it the most. Uh, the games mm-hmm. that we're referring to are on the 360 gen, PlayStation 3 gen. They're called the Duel of the Planeswalkers. They usually follow by a year, like 2014, 2015, 2016. I think most of them had two-headed giants, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think almost everyone did. Like, and they were usually like based on the base set of that year or whatever expansions had come out mm-hmm. recently. So I always thought it was cool because I never bought Magic cards, but this gave me a chance to literally play with all of them because it was open. It was like an open tool set because this wasn't Magic Arena where you had to earn cards. This was you just had to play through maybe the story mode with each deck. And you would unlock more cards from that deck. The pre-builds were just good. Yeah. Like, they did not hold anything back. Like, my favorite one were, um, what were they called? Eldrazi with Annihilate. I was going to, as I was going to mention the Eldrazi. Yeah, it was my favorite. The, the Eldrazi decks were ridiculous. They just ramped really fast. So you got these huge, they're, they're called, colloquially, the Eldrazi Titans. The ones with Annihilator. And so, yeah, because they're huge, whenever you cast them, it just ruins everything usually for the other people. And the mm-hmm. one thing I remember specifically whenever I first started playing Magic is that I wanted an Eldrazi Titans deck because that was my favorite shit. I was like, I love doing this to people. Come to find out that not only are those cards like not in standard at the time, but they're also like fifteen twenty dollars, which is hilarious because they're like eighty dollars now. So <laughs> damn. But um, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, the Eldrazi Titans are awesome. And even even now, like we were talking about power creep, uh, those cards are relatively old. Like they're I, they're relatively old as far as I've been playing, but those cards are pretty new. And f- as regards to the whole history of Magic: The Gathering, the Magic: The Gathering continuum, as they call it. Yeah, like uh, there is a legendary hound for one white that is a two three i think with first strike and i and there was like it's probably a two two or a two one or something with first strike but there was people complaining about how that's absolutely broken for one mana and now i'm just thinking about all of the the broken shit for one mana that we do in commander all the time yeah well we kind of got away from two-headed giant there but well, I mean, really we want to move on well really two-headed giant is a evergreen game type so Two-headed giant can be implemented into literally any format. So if you're playing brawl, if you're playing little leaders, you're playing commander. I'm deep cutting now, but you could play literally anything. You can play standard two-headed giant. You can play modern vintage. You can play whatever you want and just integrate it into the two-headed giant format. I say evergreen. It's more. It's like a uh, like a variant. So yeah. there are many variants that you can play. There are like there's a variant called secret partner. There's a variant called uh, Emperor, which is very popular, which is just three-headed giant. We and we can talk about that if you want, but it's very fun. I've never even heard of this one. Well, Emperor is like it sounds wild. It's it's a lot more complicated than it's than it actually is. It sounds it sounds a lot more okay. complicated than it actually is. But um, so basically, there's three three chairs. Think of like a circle rather than a rectangle. Yep. So the guy, whoever the Emperor is, is in the middle of the two. Let's just say captains. I don't know. But um, yeah. so his two captains are on either side, and then there's the next, the enemy two captains, and then in the middle of those two guys is the other emperor. Now you can only attack one seat away, so the captains can only attack each other. The emperors can't attack anything. 
and the captains can only interact one seat away. So if I have a counterspell, I can only counterspell the other captain, if I'm your captain, right? Now the yeah. emperors can interact two seats away. So I can interact with my two captains, and I can interact with the other two captains. But I can't attack each we can't attack each other yet. So the guys in the middle are kind of just getting their forces together inside of their castle walls while their captains are out there fighting the war. And so as soon as one of the captains dies, it opens up uh it's like it slides over. Yeah, it well yeah, it like opens up a it's like busting down the wall. Now you're exposed on that side and you have to fight your way to survive to survive. And so the game is generally kill it's whoever's emperor dies first, that team loses. Yeah. But in an easy way to think about it, it's really just two one on ones with a with a boss battle at the end because there's two people yeah, just it sounds like. getting stronger and stronger with this with like if you want to talk about Dragon Ball Z, it's like Goku yeah. on each side charging a spirit bomb while Tien and fucking Nappa are fighting Who? on the other sides. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Let's just alienate everyone. Let's talk. <laughs> what Dragon Ball's on a comeback right now? You don't see how popular Super is. I haven't seen any of Super yet. I don't watch TV oh though too goodness. much. All right, well, let's move it along. Enough magic talk. We're, we left Magic Corner and then went back to it again. We just can't get away. Your next game, Twin Breaker. I've never heard of this one. I don't even think it's a real game. Uh, Twin Breaker is a brick breaker game where oh, you okay. control two paddles at once. And of course, if you are playing co-op, it's just one person on each paddle, which that changes. Eventually, you have four paddles at once and stuff. But if you listen to podcasts, especially if you're listening to like nerd culture podcasts, one of the biggest podcasts in the world right now is called Sacred Symbols. And it's a PlayStation podcast. And this game is actually financed by them. Like it's it's literally called Twin Breaker, a Sacred Symbols adventure. And so and it stars the two hosts. Well, it was two hosts. Now it's three. But it starred the original two hosts. Rest of in peace. <laughs> Sacred Symbols. That's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's a boy. <laughs> it is a boy. All right. <laughs> That's funny because I don't know if you listen to Sacred Symbols too much, but Colin is a lot older than Chris and the the hosts, Colin, Chris, and uh, Dustin. And Chris and Dustin are about the same age. They're our age, basically. basically. Yeah. And Colin's a lot older, so he calls them his children. <laughs> his, his little baby boys. Twin Breaker's a Brick Breaker game. It's like a tongue twister. And uh, it's very fun to play with people who are a lot more casual because it's Brick Breakers, as usual, Brick Breakers, as always, are very simple, very accessible. It, you see everything on the screen immediately. You get all of the visual information that you need uh, in order to succeed at the game. Yeah, the super game accessible. Very hard, though. Well, not very hard. It's It's hard in a goofy way. As, as brick breakers can be, like when you're down to like the last four or five bricks and you can't seem to fucking hit them. <laughs> but the game is actually difficult because when you start getting like four four paddles and they move on the same, like you like the left stick moves one and the right stick moves the other and one's on the wall and one's on the floor and your partner's on the left wall and on the ceiling and you're trying to, and they're oh my inverse. And so you're like awesome. trying, like trying desperately to... <laughs> So like, there's like no walls. It's just like you're almost playing pong, right? Yeah, you're, you're like playing two-way pong. Like it's, 
and there are boss fights and stuff and there's deep deep lore <laughs> it's like an, oh my god yeah it's like because the game's story is about colin and chris are literally the two characters main characters in the game which also little tidbit at the beginning of every episode of sacred symbols he says greetings and salutations everyone well the two ships they fly are called greetings and salutations it's very cute but um very cute so basically they they find like an alien civilization like a warp gate or something and so they go through the warp gate everyone like that goes through the warp gate doesn't come back so they get to the other side of the warp gate and it's like the deep lore is that like the aliens are afraid of the humans because we're so reckless and stupid (laughs) and we keep just throwing people in there or something it's it's a fucking awesome it's an awesome game well you sold me i want to play this game now yeah it's i think it's only like five dollars it's real cheap and but um i just remember i had friends come over and i just got real drunk and watched them yell at each other playing this game they're sober i'm drunk on the couch just laughing at them because they're getting so angry about how hard this game is for them i mean they were casual players but filthy casuals it's goofy stuff i'm just only this is goofy stuff the i mean i'm excited for my next game oh yeah uh well for my next one you talked about that game is only five dollars what if i told you there was a game out there for only one dollar and i wish you would play it dude that is that's a good segue yeah, that was crispy. It's called I Made a Game with Zombies in It, which is a Xbox Live Arcade 360 game from back in the day. It's, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes long, 11 minutes, the whole game. And you think, oh, you know, that's kind of a ripoff. You only get 10 minutes of gameplay for a dollar, whatever. Yeah, it's not bad, I guess. But what really sells it is the song, because the whole game is a song <laughs> where you're moving around, you're shooting, you're picking up power-ups, you're blasting zombies, and there's this just this guy belting out this like rock ballad in the background, which I don't even know what's really rock. It's really like it's it changes like, it genre yeah, it, it jumps so much. And he's singing about how he made a game, put zombies in it, he hopes you'll play it. It's just a dollar. It's only a dollar. <laughs> Hope you he come goes, and play. He goes, it's just a dollar, and I hope you will pay. Yay, yay. It's so stupid. Just as you're playing it, he just gets more and more wild on the vocals, just like rises to a fever pitch. And it, it more and more real, zombies are spawning. It becomes a real ballad. Or like, what is it, an epic? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a full-on epic. And just as whenever like you're breaking down the zombies, you're fine as many as you can. You have your co-op partners all in there too. And you think you're about to die. Then it just goes to a full breakdown and it just like starts going like kind of like a cool instrumental beat starts getting a little uh, experimental as it has like kind of like synthesizer waves falling in, in the background and like weird crystal diamonds, things just are appearing and there's no more zombies. You're just like dodging a bullet hell of like crystals and everything else just flying at you. And you do this for another like five minutes, it seems. And you're like, Oh man, I don't know if I can keep going with this. I'm running out of lives. <laughs> and then the singer comes back again. And he's like, yeah, the zombies are back. And the zombies <laughs> are back and the crystals and the lasers. And they're all flying around. And was there even like other like weird like was there like cat JPEGs at one point or something? Yeah, there's like well, the whole time the background is just changing all the time and Oh yeah, it is a psychedelic trip and it is so much fun. Like it just makes you smile while you're playing this game. 
And for the longest time, like, because we were young, we didn't have jobs. And I'm like, oh, I want to buy this game. Because this is back when games had demos. So I had the demo, which was the first five minutes of the song or something like that. Yeah. And we would play through the first five minutes on co-op so many times because it was such a good game. It was very simple, but it was really quirky. Yeah, it was so funny. Loved it. Um, uh, I don't even know if you can still play that anywhere or if it's still on the marketplace. That's a good question. That makes me a little bit sad, actually. But since I'm pretty sure we both purchased the game already, yeah? Uh, no, I was on my old account, so I don't have it anymore. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. You I'll have, have to have check it. it out, yeah. I have a 360 in my bedroom that isn't hooked up or anything. It's just in there to look cool. But um, <laughs> Turns out it's on the hard drive, and you can sell that hard drive for $22. Oh, the game's <laughs> it, not a dollar anymore. I know. It's rising in cost. One thing I want to bring up, which, you know, ignites another one of my passions uh rock band but um mm-hmm. this game's song got released in full on rock band on the rock band network for a dollar oh it, my gosh <laughs> it was amazing and so you can play this like 15 minute long song and it, all of the genre shifts completely brought over that that was back when the wild west of rock band dlc the rock band network was there where we got a whole lot of awesome awesome music um we also got a whole bunch of really weird crazy shit but the rock band network was whenever they were allowing people to make charts on behalf of the license holders of songs so that i mean there's that's the only way that i made a game of zombies in it it's going to get on rock band yeah but um is a really dedicated fan but it's also how we got Between the Buried and Me on Rock Band. It's also how we got Bleed by Meshuggah. And like we got some really, really crunchy metal on Rock Band because of the Rock Band Network. And the last two or three years, they've only been just re-releasing Rock Band Network songs because they're just, they made no money on Rock Band 4. But they're still dedicated to releasing music. Instead of letting us re-download all the Rock Band Network stuff, which was a crazy situation all on its own like it was basically not supported at all on the playstation side so it just got it they just fucked off after like two years where the rock band network just kept churning shit out on the xbox it's all licensed differently so they couldn't just switch it over because yeah of the wording in the licenses so they instead just started releasing everything slowly like a drip feed a lot of people I know that are playing Rock Band now who never played Rock Band 3 and never played Rock Band 2, never experienced the Rock Band Network, they're getting spotlight songs in the seasons that are between the Buried and Me or Opeth or something. And they're playing the songs and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing music. And I'm just like, I'm telling everyone. Like, you you can go, hey, play the between the, listen to Between the Buried and Me, it's good. You know, like, oh, okay, whatever. That just fucking out of your fucking head instantly the moment the fucking sentence is said it's gone but when you play these things on rock band it's so much more intimate so wow where are we what are we doing we're off into rock band corner again yeah rock band corner we get so many corners in this room there's like a star shaped room yeah (laughs) we haven't even touched glitch corner yet i don't think there's gonna be a lot of glitch corner no not in this one hopefully Oh wait, yes, there is. Swim the last oh, one on my list. Yeah, never mind. The the last one's just glitch corner of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I closed my list like a freaking goon. 
<laughs> well, I made a game with zombies in it. Is there anything you want to say before we move on? If it's you so want to look fun. the game up, uh, it, it's not. It is spelled with what we children call leet speak. Oh yeah. It is a fucking. It's Good luck horrific. It. Yeah, but uh, I'm pretty sure if you type, well, I made a game with zombies and it's so vague on its own. You might have to type yeah. in Xbox Live. Uh, what was the indie? What was the indie oh, initiative? Um, Do you remember? Was it was it not arcade. It was something else. It was just like indie showcase or something. They did have indie showcases though. What is it called? Because they had the knockoff Minecraft on there. Oh yeah. They had the Impossible game. What was it called? It was also in that like Super Meat Boy, Fez, all of them. I don't think. I don't think. We're oh no. Know. Yeah, rest in peace. We can't figure it out. All right. Well, my next game is a game that I recently stumbled upon because I haven't yelled at my friends enough condescendingly. Yeah, you keep calling them casuals. It's we messed up. <laughs> we um, stumbled upon a game called Cook, Serve, Delicious. And there's exclamation points at the end of all of those words if you want to find that specifically. Um, I've been playing the second game. I think there's three now. This game is a cooking simulator. And by simulator, I mean it is is loosely a simulator. It's mostly just a puzzle game. So in this game, you are a chef, and there are people coming into your establishment asking for Frito chili pie with jalapenos and onions. And you go, you, you got to hold down the left trigger or L2 if you're on the PlayStation. And then it shows all of the fixings on the right. And you press X, A, B, and Y whichever one corresponds to what they want. And then there's stuff on the right side. So if any of the condiments are on the right side, like if they want mustard and it's on the right, you have to hold right trigger or R2 and press the face buttons and put it all on there and then give it to them. And this is yeah. fun. This is I fun swear. Because it's very I, fun. I just pull up gameplay just to take a look at this. And this game looks terrible. It is, it, it, it is very, it's, very fun because it looks it's bad. so fast <laughs> and when you have your friends there, <laughs> yeah, they. I have a friend named Jack, and he doesn't really play console games at all. He doesn't really know where the buttons are on the controller. But eventually, he started getting really good at this game. And my friend Matt was playing with him. And he's just like, can you get that ice cream, please? Can you just make the customers happy? And we're just, they're just fighting with each other. I, I think I just, my favorite kind of co-op is the co-op games that make you angry with your fucking co-op partners, maybe. Yeah. These games are very, very fast and hard and giggity. And it's hard to describe and it's hard to show. You have to play it. And these games are, I think they're like maybe 10 or $11 each. But um, I, I can't stress enough. If you like puzzle games and you like to be pressured, if you like to play under pressure, these games are not the best, but they're extremely entertaining and they're simple so at first if if like i said this guy jack doesn't really play with the controller ever he was able to understand it after like maybe 15 15 20 minutes of playing of, of screwing around with it mm-hmm. but he was having a lot of fun just looking at our friend matt but <laughs> he was having a lot of fun once he actually started getting good and but the the game you're having to switch between all these different kinds of foods that you're making. And there's also chores being thrown in there and yeah, everything has that. a timer. So it's like, I got to clean that toilet. 
It's like clean out the toilet and you're doing everything fast. Like the buttons are always in the same order. So if it's the very top, you know it's Y. And if it's the very next one, you know it's X. You know what I mean? And then it's B yeah. and then it's A. It's always the same. So, and it's, if it's on the left side, it's always left trigger. So you get into this trance state where you're not, you're just glancing down at the bottom for a second and then just trying to figure out which button it corresponds to. So it's like, take out the trash. And so you'll just hear, and you hear, whenever you, whenever they sanitize. And it's like, flush the toilet, flush. It was like, flush. And then you just hear it going, sound effects going on oh my god it's so similar to WarioWare. that actually is like it's the same part of my brain that WarioWare tickles is this game speedy little games yeah this it, is like a full set of mini games yeah it goes on forever like it goes on forever like there's so many and there's an infinite mode where you own your own shop because you're just a freelance cook going to different. Like you're like, I'm working at an ice cream store today, and the next day you're working at a hot dog stand. Of course. And it's like, I think the game, the third game, is you're in a in a truck, <laughs> go driving around and making different food. Uh, it's it's so goofy, but I I love it. Oh, uh, you'll uh, you'll love it. It's something that you should play with your kids. <laughs> Because it's it's just simple enough for them to be able to grasp it. If you go to like the hot dog stand, don't go to the ice cream shop. That's where my friends burned out because they got they were like, I don't because it's like you have pralines and cream and mint chocolate chip and vanilla. You have like 80 different ice cream flavors and there's like too much. I can't figure it out. Yeah, but the hot dog stand pretty easy. So, Philip, what do you have written down next? Uh, What is this? Oh, why don't you tell us about this game? Oh, heavy or heavy weapon, as the intro says. As so, you are in a super tank, and it's your job to go win the war against or organization. It's unclear. They look like Russia, but the whole point is you're in a tank, side scrolling, bullet hell, as bullets rain from the sky. You're shooting down every airplane you can in your tiny tank. What makes it so much fun? is the whole single-player campaign is co-op. And that is fun because like you go in there with your friend and you're just playing through it, and you can level up your tank with different abilities as you go along. Very fun. But the part I very much enjoyed was the survival mode, where you would just go online, you'd start a lobby, and you'd just start it. And there was an achievement for surviving for like 15 minutes, I think. And you're like, oh, 15 Fucking minutes. Really hard. That's not that long. Yeah. <laughs> And you just start a lobby, and people will just join in on the go. So you just keep it going. Where I remember we'd just be playing so hard trying to get this achievement. You're just spraying down bullets, picking up upgrades as you go. People are just dropping into your lobby, and all of a sudden you'd just be like, hello, and they'd be like, ah! They just get like exploded <laughs> by rockets, because they just happened to spawn in like a bad spot. But it was also like RNG, almost like roguelike, because you get different power-ups on different runs. And so if you do a whole run, and you're like, oh, I've gotten three flat guns in a row. This isn't going to be a good run because I really need shields and lasers, but I'm only getting dummy missiles, you know? Like, do you have any good memories from Heavy Weapon? Dude, the dummy missiles were OP when you got okay. three of them. You were yeah. shooting a wall of missile at everything. Yeah, or the lightning would be, like, bad until you it actually did damage. If, uh, this, is, yeah. this is a callback to the Rock Band episode again because I did bring this game up 
I, I don't know how yeah. much I actually talked about it, but I did bring this game up. So I have a lot of fond memories with this game, specifically the co-op endurance mode where if you have four people in this endurance mode, you do not see anything. <laughs> you see oh, no. bullets and missiles and lasers and that, and you don't see your tanks. You don't see the planes you're shooting at. You're not looking at that anymore. <laughs> um, you, your eyes just glaze over. Well, that was the best part. It was like it was four player. It was simple. It was just there was only two controls, you know? It was like you use sticks to move. And then you have the oh crap button. Whenever you're about to die, you can pull one of the triggers to blow up a nuke, which <laughs> would destroy everything on the screen except for your tank because you were in a super tank. And like it'd be so bad where like you'd almost like see someone about to die. And so you'd press the nuke button just as they would press the nuke <laughs> button. So two nukes would go off. <laughs> and, and you only have so like, many. You wasted a nuke. Yeah, you only get like three. And that was it through like the whole survival thing. But, and also, that's the other thing, is, like, the way the survival worked is, if you died, it would just add a second onto your respawn. So, like, oh, we've been playing for two minutes in, and someone dies. Like, okay, yeah, wait a second, you come back. We're at two minutes and 30 seconds, they die again. Oh, no, now they have to wait three or four seconds to come back. And so it would come down to where it's, like, we have one person alive, and they are out there in this snowstorm of bullets, trying not to get hit, because the game was brutal. It was... One hit kills, unless you just happen to pick up a shield. But then shields were also taken down in one hit. Out of all of these games that we've talked about so far, if I'm going to be completely honest with myself, I think Heavy Weapon's probably the game that I have the most fun playing. Like, the most just unadulterated joy. Um, I think we should bring up this game is made by PopCap. And Mm -hmm. they were kind of... This was, like, in the pinnacle of PopCap. Like, if you think of, like, Facebook games and stuff. like they were yeah, really on the roll with these really simple multiplayer experiences that were just had unadulterated fun like it, it is just if you want to have fun in the shortest amount of time possible you can pick up heavy weapon and just play for like 10 minutes and it's it's always a really good time it's not like I don't want to sit down and be pressured and frustrated with cook serve or i don't want to kind of mindlessly grind like in dungeon defenders it's it's just constant barrage of fun and of course you can only take that for so long before your endorphins settle down and you're just like okay this is just a tank and a bunch of bombs but yeah it's a bunch of flashing lights if you do that if you stretch that out over a couple of days like every every three or four days you and your classmates get together and play heavy weapon for about an hour it is a lot of fun not to mention, it's completely ridiculous. So, before we get to our final two, how about we take a quick break? And we're back. All right, Nave, what do you have for your final game? Well,. I had a bunch of games written down and I realized that like five of them, five of like the seven or eight games I had were tower defense games technically. So this is going to be another tower defense game. I tried to have it varied, but uh, this is a different kind of tower defense. This is true to life tower defense. True to life. Wait, what? What are you saying right now? I don't know. Are we looking at the same list right now? This is true tower defense. I mean, yeah. Tell me the true to life tower defense game. (laughs) This is a balloons tower defense. 
and specifically five okay. the one that i recently had just kind of i was addicted to it for a long time i was just getting all of the high scores on all of the levels there's like a million of them the balloons tower defense if you are around our age this was one of the most popular web browser games to play whenever your computer teacher isn't paying attention to you um all you do is you there's a set there's a path in a little map it's just a jpeg and a path over the jpeg and you place little <laughs> monkeys along the path and the monkeys are throwing darts at balloons that are coming by and the balloons get thicker and thicker like they have balloons inside of balloons inside they of have balloons. layers yeah they're like yep. it, it's the russian nesting doll of balloons until you end up getting blimps like giant blimps floating down the path and so the monkeys there's a bunch of different <laughs> kinds so like there's monkeys that throw darts there's and there's monkeys that shoot glue there's mon- and there's monkeys that are tur- that are wizards and of course there are ninjas that <laughs> throw shurikens yeah ninja monkeys <laughs> Are you going to bring up the super monkey? The super monkey is the monkey to end all monkeys. And he becomes yeah. a god. that you can, you can upgrade each of the different monkeys. And they have two different paths to go down. And the super monkey can become like an Aztec temple with a giant gold monkey head that sees basically the whole map. <laughs> it's, but the funniest thing is, uh-huh. is that it sacrifices everything around it. Oh, no. Yeah, but it's like, it's like a real Aztec temple thing. But, um... It, it's super powerful. There's not a whole lot to say. Like you can download Bloons Tower Defense on any mobile device. Yeah, I'm playing how it, is it co-op? on the Xbox. The co-op is broken. Um, if you understand how to break the game, um, generally uh, on the Xbox version I'm playing, uh, it cuts the map in half. So the left half of the map is yours, and the right half of the map is mine. Mm-hmm. If you know how to break the game, no matter what side you end up on, you can break the game there. And the your your teammate, they have nothing. They can't do anything about it. They're just going to watch you kill all the balloons while while there's. This doesn't sound like a very fun co-op game. Well, if you well, I'm broken. My head, I can no longer see how to play the game normally anymore. I just know all I have to do is put a vacuum in as close to the entrance as I can. I put a ninja monkey behind it. Then I put a wizard. And then I put a super monkey back here. And then I put three more vacuums. Oh my gosh. And, I, and I do the same thing every fucking map. And You know how sweaty you sound right now? It's, uh, dude, I'm I'm sweaty about Bloons Tower Defense. <laughs> I would do this online. I would do this online and I would get messages. Then they would, they would just be like, how are you doing this? Like, how did you get all that money? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing differently? Like, they just got like seven different dudes, and I'm just this armada. I'm like the American military against like Zimbabwe on the other side. It looks like. Um, if you don't know, if you don't do stuff like that, it's a very fun cooperative experience because you both separately are making money, and you can donate money. So if like I'm suffering, you can send me some money. So that uh, I can hopefully buff up the defenses okay, a little good. bit. Usually, with the divide, one person typically will have the entrance, and the other person usually has the exit. Some maps aren't designed for co-op. Like this was obviously like an afterthought, because some maps will have like both the entrance and the exit, but like really nothing else. And then the other side will have like everything. I mean, there's still stuff you can do. There are there are things like there's a there's a monkey that has a mortar that shoots mortar sh- artillery shells. That at any spot, and you can make a uh, monkey that has a sniper rifle, 
that shoots across the map too. Like you could do stuff, but uh, and it's again very accessible. Like heavy weapon, like well, cook serve delicious is is compared to these last two games, cook serve delicious is not acceptable at all. I mean, not accessible <laughs> at all. But um, this is it's probably the least accessible of all the games we played actually, besides Magic, Balloons Tower Defense. It you can kill so much time. You can put on a podcast and just start gold starring all of the mission like if you get to the point where you're putting vacuum cleaners at the beginning of the match so that nothing can get past you you can get to that point without even realizing how broken your mind has become i see i see (laughs) well if you want to talk about real min maxing i'm gonna bring out my final game old two worlds uh, I don't know if you remember when this game was coming out, Nave, but I remember thinking this is going to be so awesome. It's going to be like a whole new Oblivion because we were still playing Oblivion at the time. Like this is going to be unbelievable. A whole new fantasy RPG open world that has online multiplayer co-op and versus modes. Can you believe how awesome that's going to be? Sounds like there's a catch like with the Pokemon one. Oh my God. You're reading between all the lines. <laughs> Yes, this game was actually not good, as it turns out. So, they had a multiplayer, which was the single player, but you could just play it on a server with all your friends. Sounds pretty good, right? So I can just pop in there with my little custom character and, you know, play with anyone. And they were like, oh, you can even play on, like, multiple different servers with the same character if you wanted to. And I'm like, cool. Well, in the systems, the whole kind of design of the game was... You were supposed to go out and kind of collect items, and you could combine them to make them stronger and whatnot. Well, that's pretty awesome. That's a great mechanic. You know, you're kind of like taking the powers of two different things, putting them together. What they didn't account for is people would go out, join a server that, you know, a fresh server. People could join in, and instantly you could turn on PvP and just start murdering everyone in the server. And they had bits where what I remember being broken because I was a punk little teenage boy. I was also min-maxing and just ruining the game for myself and everyone else. There was one like lightning power that could hit anyone just in any range because in the first starting town, there was a priest with the lightning power. And so I would always instantly spawn, walk in, kill that NPC priest, take his lightning, combine it with my lightning, so it increased its damage by, I don't know, 1%, and increased its range by 1%. Like, okay, that's cool. Except I was in school at the time, so I had nothing better to do. So all I did was repeatedly kill this priest, basically <laughs> farming up. So I had a lightning strike that would like hit, I don't know, 600 targets <laughs> like repeatedly. <laughs> and it would cover a, I don't know, mile range in the game. So I'd walk in... It would be a PvP server. I would instantly cast one spell, and I would kill every NPC, every creature, every player. It was a terrible game. Do you remember this one? The only memory I have of Two Worlds is you and Steven begging me to get it, and I buy it. Oh no! I play it for about... You guys are not around to influence me anymore, so I'm by my isolation playing this game. I hear the first NPC speak to me and I'm like, okay, maybe that's an audio bug. And so the conversation's over. I speak to him again 
I'm in the fucking beginning of the game. I'm speak to him again, and I turn the game off immediately. I'm like, so I'm bad. not, I'm not playing. I can't, I can't listen to this. I, this is before podcasts and YouTube, really. Like, I didn't have the internet. I was just playing two worlds. I was like, I'm gonna play Halo now. <laughs> oh my God, I felt so bad buying that game for sixty dollars for it to be such a broken mess. I, you know, while while you were speaking, I was clickety clacking away, and yeah, yeah. um, this game is on Steam. Ooh. So out of all the games that might be an episode, this one could be, an, and we're adults now who can laugh at this. This was horrible for me as a chick as a as as a children. As a children. Yeah, that's what I was about. Yeah. I was about to say <laughs> it was horrible for me as a children, but um. As an adult, I could probably thoroughly enjoy, especially hearing your story about the. I would do that. I would. I have a job. I have a full time job. I would do that. I would try and find something ridiculous I could farm and just make myself as stupid as possible. Just to, I don't. So I don't know if the multiplayer is up or anything. I'm looking at, but I'm looking at the the reviews. Oh no. On Steam. Well, the the What's reviews the for review? like, uh, you know the the advertisement reviews that you put on the box art. Yeah. It says. The big player along Oblivion and Gothic 3, GameStar, 85%. If you've been Jones into yeah. return a huge open world open world role-playing game with a ton They're of depth. claiming 85% <laughs> as against uh, a worthy oh, competitor of the so genre. Bad. No. That's what it, I don't think it was. It, uh, those three, yeah, those three 80s, the Metacritic's at 65. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the the Heck reviews yeah. are meme reviews it seems. Oh, of course they are. But uh well, it seems a lot of people legitimately play this game. Like not a lot of people play, but a lot of people like it ironically, but still they like it. Yeah. Well, I put it on the list because this game could have up to like I don't know, I think it was like 8 to 16 range players all playing co-op through the story mode at the same time. That's incredible. But it totally shot itself in the foot so many times. So, so many times. Because not just... Okay, I didn't even talk about potions. There's alchemy in this game, so you can make potions. And there's some things that are actually bad that you can make potions, like poisons, you know? And I remember one item you could get, I think it was like zinc or something like that. It would give you, like minus one health or something like that but it would give you a it was like a permanent effect and you're like oh no i'm gonna lose one health well if you actually combine it with an herb that gives you i don't know plus 400 health whenever you like cook with it or whatever and then it says plus 400 health permanent and you're like hold on what's going on here next thing you know <laughs> You add on, like, oh, this will raise my intelligence by, like, five points for 50 seconds. That's good. What if I combine these? You combine them. All of a sudden, you have a potion that says, plus five intelligence, permanent. And you're like, no way. And you drink it, and your stats can literally, no cap, just go up into thousands of points as long as you farm this. And, of course, I knew where the closest little deposit of zinc was. On this one little mine. So I'd go out there, kill the priest, take his lightning bolt, go raise <laughs> my intelligence so that my lightning would do more damage. Because that was it. You would log into a server and like you would cast, you know, ultimate death lightning, wrath of the gods. 
<laughs> and you would kill nine of the 10 players in the server, but one person would survive. And you're like, Nani? And you look <laughs> over, and he's just as broken as you are. And all of a sudden, he's <laughs> casting his own lightning. And it would be like a battle of the gods as both of you were trying to hit each other. And you've been like, I just had like the basic acts that like the priest had because you would, could combine them and it would go up, you know, half a percentage of damage. But over a thousand replicants, all of a sudden, this is a god axe. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like you'd be striking each other for thousands of damage and no one's dying because of how nearly invincible you are. Oh, it just gets me so worked up. What a stupid, stupid system. But I yeah. love that kind of shit. Yeah, no, it's so funny that they put it in there. Just so... It's like, what did they expect? Where was the quality control? Like, did no playtesters ever try that? It doesn't make sense. All right, Nave. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions or any of the games you want to throw out before we start moving on? Uh... Mm. No, not really. I was having a hard enough time coming up with this list to begin with. With uh, it, you look at the games and you're like, okay, that's co-op. I could have mentioned that. And then you go, oh, I kind of want to make an episode about that. So let's just put that back in the back burner. Like every single game by the Behemoth, I was like, I, whoa, these games are good. You know what I mean? But um, I think yeah. they deserve their own little episode. Like if even if it's just a Behemoth episode where we just go over behemoth games and talk about just gush because they're so good that's a, such an awesome developer they they just they're so consistently good yeah uh if you don't know those are the guys that did uh castle crashers um what was the battle block theater pit people yeah battle block theater that's what i think their first game was alien hominid and that yeah. was like an old Newgrounds flash game that blew up it blew the hell the dark up days. but i didn't like it cuz it was hard but I like it now. Yeah, I like it I now. But when I was a kid, Dang. I was like, I can't. Fuck I did this. not like it. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. I'm like, dude, I am dying all the time. I don't One honorable mention that I want to throw in that doesn't really need a full conversation on is just Aegis Wing, which was a free, I think, 360 arcade game where you played as a like side-scrolling shooter, shoot 'em up airplane that you could push a button and combine to your co-op partners to form a giant mega ship. And it was like, whoever in the center would be like driving and the other people would be like shooting while attached to the sides. <laughs> you remember this one? Vaguely. Is it a game that came pre-bundled with the Xbox? I don't think so. I think it was a giveaway game. Like it was just free. Yeah, it was just free. Just like the Yaris game. <laughs> I don't remember the Yaris game at all. Oh, it was just an ad placement for Yaris. I don't know what Yaris is. It was a it was a car. I think it was like a Kia Yaris, maybe or something like that. Oh, it's a and you played as a car that drove through like Marble Blast Ultra levels. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, another thing, uh, there's another game that just recently came out. Um, it's called Operation Tango, and, and I don't even really know anything about this game besides it is a co-op-centered game, and so that immediately piqued my interest. I don't know if it's going to be like a full-length game, if there's a campaign or anything, or if it's just like a procedurally generated whatever, but um, immediately we had troubles trying to get it on the Xbox. It's pulling up on every other store page but the Xbox right now, so 
if it's not on Xbox, we do both have computers. We can do it on Steam probably, but I would prefer to do it on the Xbox because my computer is bad. My computer has a lot of. Should have spent some of that Xbox money on your computer. Uh, yeah. Well, my Xbox is basically a computer. I don't even think I talked about Quick Resume. You can basically alt tab games. So I, I just always have Resident Evil Village, Outriders, uh, Knockout City. What's the other fucking game? I have like four games running in the background, and I'm playing Mass Effect. And then when I'm done with Mass Effect, because Mass Effect doesn't Quick Resume, I don't know why. Not all games are compatible. But I quit out of Mass Effect, go into Resident Evil, and I shoot my gun, bang, 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 in Resident Evil, and then I switch over to Outriders, and like 45 seconds later, I'm like, bang, 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 in Outriders, and then I switch over to Knockout City, and I start a game. And I'm just like, woo, I'm fucking gone! <laughs> it's, it feels so good. Yeah. It's I was going to say, like, oh, that'd be awesome during loading screens, but you don't have loading screens anymore, right? Yeah, the loading screens are gone. Um, I'm sure they'll be back. I'm sure if I bought well, I did buy Call of Duty. I could just test Call of Duty. I don't know why I don't have Call of Duty downloaded. That seems like a prime game to test out. I'm pretty sure it's upgraded. I, yeah. I basically downloaded everything I knew that had upgrades just to see what it was like. And boy, is Resident Evil Village beautiful on this fucking system. Oh my god. It's almost hard to play sometimes. Because everything's moving so fast, but you turn so slow. <laughs> it's like the frame rate went... went it's like the every everything about the frame rate went higher except your own body moving in the game. So that's weird. It's that's not what's happening, but it feels like it feels that way because everything is just lunging at you, and you're like, you're like, please no. Yep. That's on purpose. What were we talking about? Games we need uh, to play. Oh, we were actually yeah. <laughs> we were working towards our wrap up. I think that's. I think that's the like that was that was it. Yeah. I was wrapped. That was it. That was a pretty good episode, you know. Uh, we'll have a full episode for you guys next time. But this is just our little side quest for our co-op partners. All right, you want to take us out? No, I don't know what we say. Bye bye. No, we don't <laughs> say bye bye. We say this has been Gaming Together Cooperative Podcast. Thanks for listening, co-op partners, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. That's what we say. Yeah, I don't know. I know the see ya part. So we'll be right back after this break. Do, 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 do. Is that? That's not ours. That was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. <laughs> yeah.